Hello, guys. Um, this is Victoria with Dream Dogs, and this is our weekly webinar. So what we do every week on Tuesday night at 5.30 is we go live on our Dream Dogs Central Florida Dog Training Facebook page, and we do a live webinar. And what we're doing right now is I'll talk about Django every week. So that's what we're going to discuss today is this is his third week with us. He's 11 weeks old. What is it that we're doing? What is it that he's doing? And, uh, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, fill you in on all that. Answer any questions. And uh, and that's Tuesday night. And what we usually do Wednesday is I upload that onto YouTube and onto our podcast, uh, which is also called How to Train Your Service Dog. And you can listen to that on the go. We have a bunch of information on there for service dogs. So I highly recommend uh, subscribing to our podcast, sharing it, rating us, uh, you know, loving it because we put a lot of information out there and it's information out there because I want you guys to know what's going on. I want you guys to be able to train your own service dogs because it is a lot of work to train up a service dog, especially from a puppy. And we're dealing with that right now. So, uh, so what have we been doing with Django? So I've, as you can see this week compared to last week, I can actually talk right? It's nice. I didn't even bring a water back here, uh, which I usually do. So hopefully I won't get a, a coughing fit during tonight's talk. Um, but what we do is we talk about, uh, you know, I've been doing better. Talk about him, talk about me for a little bit. Um, I'm feeling a little better, but I'm not at a hundred percent yet. I'm about 80% better. So like I get exhausted really quickly. Um, I've been working Jenga though a little bit. I haven't been doing a whole hell of a lot with him. Uh, it's just been easy because of what we did yesterday. So let's see. What have we been working on? So I talked to you guys on Tuesday of last week. And do, 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 Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We didn't do too much. Uh, we've just been kind of, you know, we were chilling, working a little bit here and there with stuff he's having fun being a puppy. He's doing well being a puppy. So I've been good with that. Saturday, though, was our super busy day. So we had a dog go home, and then we had group class, and then we had a private, a private, an eval, and a drop-off. So that was a super busy day for us on this past Saturday. And uh, he came to group class. So we're doing group class here at our place right now because where we usually meet is at a dog park up in Wildwood and we meet in the parking lot and over here's the dog park and over here's where we meet on the opposite side. But he is not fully vaccinated. They're not fully vaccinated until they're four months old or so. And I don't want to expose him to, to dogs who might not be fully vaccinated. So the dogs who come into our property are our client dogs are, but dog park dogs, I can't regulate that, you know? So I'm not taking him up there. Plus if we take him up there, then we could only have him with us. Whereas here, if he is not doing great, if he's having a hard time or whatever, I can bring him back into the house and grab another dog if I need to. So right now we're doing group classes at the ranch until he's a little bit older. Um, Rich does not like having group classes here because we don't go out to eat afterwards. Um, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, so yeah, so we, we did group here and we brought him out and we, and he worked. Uh, what did we work on? We started paper plate recall. So for that, what paper plate recall is, and this is good for the service dogs, it's good for the puppies. Um, you take a paper plate. Well, what we took was a disc. We have a Fit Paws disc um, and we got them on Amazon. I think it was like six of them for like $20. So we got the disc and we put it in the ground. We had the dog sit 
maybe a foot back from the desk and we have them sit and hold it or sit stay. We put a treat on the disc and then we release them to get it. And we come up with some sort of word for it, like get it. So get it and he gets it. And then he sits down. Well, then I call him to come. So what I would do, I put the treat on it, get it. And as he's eating it, I'm going to take a step or two back. And then whenever he's done eating it, which is key, I'm going to call him to come. And as he's coming towards me, I'm going to take a few more steps back. So for this, make sure there's nothing behind you that can trip you. Um, a few more steps back and he's going to come to me. So it works on the send away from me and in the stay. So it works on the sit, the stay, the send away and the come to me. So play by play recall hits all four of those, which is pretty neat and ignore distractions because we were outside and there were distractions. So uh, it was Todd there with his wig to, to time the paper plate recall, right? Uh, so we do this. So where I heard about paper plate recall was uh, Dick Russell would do it. Now there's a, a video, a DVD out about Dick Russell, um, the dog man. And he popularized the paper plate recall. And we heard about it from Chad Mackin, who had heard about it from Dick. And we did it in group classes for years. Our last night, so our group classes were four weeks long. So the last night of our basic class, we would start paper plate recall. Then in the next class, we'd have four weeks where we do paper plate recall a little bit each week for four weeks. And at the end, you, you know, we'd, we'd start like what I was telling you. Then we'd have the dogs going left, going right, going out away from you, coming back to you. So we set it up like a baseball diamond. We're first, second, and third base where the paper plates with the treats on them. And the dog is on the pitcher's mound and you are at home base. Okay. Does that make sense? And you can tell your dog left, right, you know, back there. Who's left and right is it? It's your dog. It's your dog's left. It's your dog's right. It's your dog's behind. Um, it's only fair. That means you have to pay attention to which one's which um, or get them going by hand movements, you know, and, and go to the left, go to the right. But anyway, so we started paper plate recall. So he did that. We worked on a sit and down and walk around uh, here. Here's my list of what we did in class, sit and down and walk around. So this is one usually whenever you're doing this with your dog, whenever you're walking over the tail is whenever there's problems. Well, Django being not quite 11 weeks old at that time, he was a day shy of it. I, I cheated and I put the treat right in front of his nose and I walked around. So I set him up for success that way. And then uh, what else we do is uh, the wharf away, which is um, stim turn walk away or pop turn walk away. And that's if your dog pulls ahead, either good or bad. If he's pulling ahead to go say hi to your best friend or if he's pulling ahead to go eat the other dog, you don't want that. So you, you know, we, well, that's what we do. So we worked on that with him and worked on getting him a better heel. And I believe he was on a slip lead and that was the first time I'd worked on a slip lead. And today was the second. So that's, that was our Saturday. So he got to participate in group class and then he was exhausted afterwards, which is nice. Um, had some potty accidents, of course, through the week. I mean, it happens guys again until they're six months old or so they are not going to be completely house trained or anywhere close to it. And one thing that always annoys me. It's one of my pet peeves. And if you're keeping track, I think this is number five is uh, when people tell me, Oh, my dog's like completely potty trained. And I said, Oh, well, that's fantastic. Cause you know, my dogs until they're about six months old, they have a lot of accidents. Well, not a lot, but they'll have accidents here and there. Well, I mean, of course he has accidents if I don't get him out in time. I know that's house training guys. I mean, we will sometimes have accidents in the house, but uh, that's not, no, stop it. 
That means your dog's not house trained. Don't tell people that he is because then they get unrealistic expectation. And so that, that's why we're sharing all this stuff. So yesterday I called up the vet. Um, we have Django's next set of shots scheduled for next week. I think it's on Tuesday we go in, Monday or Tuesday we go in and get him his second set of shots. Um, so he'll be, what, three months old then? And uh, and then we'll schedule the next one and then um, schedule his rabies up as well. Okay. <clears throat> so then I want to talk to you guys about what we did also on Monday, which was super fun, which was going to Universal. Um, let me see here what questions, because I saw a question about Universal. So if you guys do have questions, type it in. I uh, thank you all for the great advice you've given me. Oh, you are most welcome, Jeff. And Manuela says, sorry if you've answered this before, but can anyone with a service dog in training go to Disney or Universal? If you are owner training your own dog, yes, you can go to Disney or Universal with your service dog in training. And that's what we're going to talk about next. And then Carolyn and Cara both say, hi, hi, guys. So uh, we've done Gypsy. Gypsy actually went to Disney. We went to Hollywood Studios whenever she was nine weeks old. Django was 11. Oh, he's outside P and he pees so cute. I love it when he goes outside the pee. So I have the door open behind me. It has the doggy door in it so as, as they need to while I'm talking here. So I was hoping if he wouldn't have an accident and he didn't. So yay. See, he's completely house trained, except for when he has his accidents. Um, he also, he wanted to cuddle so much in bed. Um, Cindy says, mine's almost two and still have issues with potty if I'm away. And that's why, Cindy, I think it's so important to get that foundation. So really, if all I do is socialize him and work on potty training him and doing some of these basic things for a few months, I'm fine with that too. I, I'd like to get a little more, you know, like I said, Gypsy, we got a lot more done, but I'm not going to push it either. You know, I'm not going to push it and make it a terrible experience for him. I want him to love it and to do well with it. She's extremely shy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that happens uh, too. And that's, you know, it's difficult whenever you have one who, who is so shy um, or who does have the, you know, the other problems that just does compound it. Yesterday I had a friend, I had Karen, uh, who's our Gainesville trainer in Holstein. They had done a uh, marathon over on the Atlantic side. So she was coming by and she was going to stop at Universal yesterday morning. So I talked to Rich about it. I'm like, do you want to go? I'd like to go. Uh, you know, we could bring Django and see how he does. And Rich is like, he is not ready to go to Universal. And I'm like, I think he's ready. I think we could do it. I actually don't think he was ready. I was like, it's going to be a disaster. We're going to get there and have to turn around and leave. But if we get there, we can stay for five minutes. Hey, at least it's five minutes, you know? He needs to work on going in the car. He, in a crate in the car, he screams the entire time. So he needs more crate time. So we actually went into Walmart today um, to pick up our grocery order. We did the online thing, which is amazing. So we ordered it and it was ready. And so Luke had Django on his lap because we didn't have a crate in the Jeep. Had Django on his lap and Django was quite squirmy. And then he was quite squirmy on the way home. And he was just so fed up with being on a lap. He wanted off in the worst way. Well, we can't put him in the back because now we have all the food in the back and I don't trust him. So I'm like, okay, <coughs> sorry, you know, too bad. Suck it up. We live 10 minutes to town, 10 minutes to Walmart, 15, maybe, you know, it's not that long. You have to behave. But yesterday we took him. Um, so we had gone when we brought him home, I take him to Walmart once. Um, that was his first outing. We take him up to the comic book store. So yesterday was really only the fourth car trip that he's been in with us. 
And it was about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour to get to Universal from here. So like I said, he's he's in the crate. We even put the, the back row of seats down so he could see us. He still barked and screamed the entire time. So we stopped at Turkey Creek Rest Stop um, to see if he'd have to potty. No, he didn't have to potty. Um, we get to Universal. We use the valet parking because we have the I have the preferred pass, so we get free valet parking, which is really nice with the service dog because you get out. There's the potty stuff right there. You don't have to walk as far, which is nice. I mean, it's just it's amazing. I love it, and they give you little mini bottles of water, which really come in handy. So we we parked there, got him out, got him with his cape on, his his uh, service dog in training um, cape. And um, I, ha- I had to remember what all, do, what all do I need to bring. So we had on his Chameleon 3 e-collar. He's on a size medium. And I had the finger button in case I needed it. Um, we're just introducing it to him. So, you know, it's easy peasy stuff. Um, we had on his leash and his prong collar. I had the treat pouch with me that had, I didn't feed him breakfast. So I just, he got a bunch of treats yesterday. But that's okay. Because when we ate out, Rich and I just had ice cream sundaes for lunch. So I figured, you know, if he gets treats, we get ice cream sundaes. And that's how it goes. Um, but it has the poo bags in it. It has business cards. It has Kleenex. Uh, you know, so we had stuff in case of accident to clean up. Um, I don't know what else we have in there. I have a bunch of stuff in the treat pouch. It's like a little fanny pack. So we we walk over uh, to security because you have to go through security. And we have to clean out our pockets. You know, all metal has to go down. So we did that. Rich went through. I had Django sit and I walked through and then called him and he came through right away. And I was surprised that he stayed seated for the four feet for me to walk through. You can practice that in home in a doorway. Go to your bathroom. because all bathrooms have doors. You know, go, go to the bathroom, have your dog sit. Walk through about four feet, call your dog to come to you. Practice that. It'll make it a lot easier. I mean, if there's two of you, I could have given them to Rich and to hold and then call them to come. But I like my dogs to do it on their own. And at 11 weeks old, that was fun. So then our stuff came out the other end. The security guards, there's two of them there. We were the only ones there too. It was a drizzly day, which is another reason why we chose to go. It was about 75, but it was drizzly. So it's not going to be too hot. Nature's air conditioner cooling right there with the rain. And um, you want to need booties. And with it raining, the parks weren't going to be as crowded. So that was good too. <coughs> so we, um, we're, we're talking to the security and, those are big paws. You know, uh, what type of dog? And the Belgian Shepherd, oh, a good dog. And they, uh, Django put his little paws up on the the thing, the x-ray machine thing, maybe, to see what all was in there. And of course, you know, I kind of let him do that. Let him explore a little bit. He's 11 weeks old. I don't want him to be fearful of anything. I want him to explore and to be confident and comfortable in different situations. Um, you know, one of them wanted to say hi, so I let him say hi to him. Um, and then we walked over to use the elevator. Now we could have used the escalator or the stairs, but like I said, it's still not feeling great. So it's going to be elevator plus it introduces him to the elevator. Now when he's older, he'll learn to do the escalator because hope and he'll have big enough nails that they won't get caught in the treads. But until then, we're taking the elevator. Plus, I don't want to, I'd have to carry him and I don't want him to be halfway up and decide to go like launching out of my arms because that wouldn't be fun at all. So he needed to go on his first elevator experience. So we did. So no problems whatsoever. Some dogs, whenever it starts, they flatten and they're like, what the heck is that? Or they're confused when they get off because where they got off isn't where they came on at. Mm, He didn't care. He was just happy to go. So you get out and you're right before city walk and you have one wrong of moving walkway left. So we, we did the moving walkway or no, we didn't. We walked it. 
but he saw the people on the moving walkway. And as soon as he gets out, we get people, oh my gosh, it's a puppy. Come here, puppy. And I'm like, no, he's he's learning to ignore y'all. So we uh, we walked into the city walk area to where it splits. And we waited there because Karen was already in the park. So she came up to meet us and we're texting back and forth. And she said, do you want to go to Toothsome's for lunch? Because I said I wasn't terribly hungry. Um, so we walked over to Toothsome's and he is not good at walking yet, Jenga. Rich is really good at walking. Jenga isn't. So Jenga, you know, it was it was a little harder because he's darting in every which way. So that's one thing we need to work on is his uh, leash walking skills. Uh, but he saw people and he loved it. You know, we sat on a bench for a little bit and he got to watch people go by and he was really good with it. He was a little bit concerned. They have a water fountain thing that spits up water and uh, kids were running and playing in it and screaming. And he was a little concerned about that, but nothing much. So we walked over the bridge over on the islands of adventure side and there's a grassy spot there. So we tried to potty him there as well. So that was his third try for potty. He didn't want to potty. So we were going to sit outside because it was going to be his first restaurant experience. Now, I knew he was tired because he scream cried the whole way, scream cried bark the whole way down there, which I was hoping he would sleep so he'd be in a happy mood. I mean, he was still in a good mood. He just, he was tired. Well, because of the rain yesterday, they weren't doing servers outside. So we couldn't really eat outside, but they could have seen us inside. So we said, okay. So Karen and Holstein were there. So that was the first time he'd met Holstein. And sometimes when he sees dogs, he's not sure because we don't always have the, the most friendliest dogs here. So that's, we're trying to uh, get him playing with dogs who are good with other dogs who bring out the best in them. So uh, Holstein's one of those. Holstein's fantastic. And, and he saw Holstein. He just loved Holstein. Holstein was his, his best friend, big brother, the whole trip. So we, we sat inside uh, we sat at a six top, a six person table. So Karen, skip a seat, me, and then Rich in the middle on the other side. So we can all talk and the dogs could have their space as well. He laid down, he fell asleep. <laughs> we ordered, um, before it came in, I had to use the, the bathroom. So I had Rich come over and sit there with him because I didn't want to disturb him because he was sleeping. He shifted, but I don't think he even realized what had happened. I came back and we switched spots again. And he slept the entire meal. So for his first restaurant experience was a huge success because that was amazing. If we could do that every time, man. Um, but yeah, he just slept the entire time. And, you know, the noise is going on and there was a, one of the characters was walking around and he was just excellent. I had the peanut butter sundae. Um, Rich had a banana split sundae and Karen had the uh, risotto and everything was amazing. So it was a really pleasant experience. Uh, and, uh, whenever we were done, now they have the whole gift shop out front. I couldn't stop. Rich is like, cool. Let's look over here. And I'm like, nope, I've got to get him out of here. Cause that was so good. I have to put him first and not myself. And I have to get out of here. So in case he does have to pee, he pees outside. Stop. Play with them. Be nice. Don't just bark at them. Uh, so we got him outside. He didn't go potty. We walked down the steps. That was also his first steps. Walked down the steps and took him back to the grassy spot. Um, and Christine peed. Django didn't pee. He didn't pee at all. The whole time we were out, we gave him, gosh, probably close to 10 potty breaks, and he didn't take one of them. Um, and he, yeah, but he, he didn't pee. He didn't pee. He didn't have any accidents. So Rich came. Stop. Uh, you know, Rich came outside and took him on a little walk around to see if he'll potty. He didn't potty. Uh, people talk to him, so I got a picture of that. 
we went to go in and there's puddles. Because like, so we go away. Because like I said, it is raining outside. So there's puddles forming. So I'm kind of trying to... So I'm purposefully trying to get him to walk through the puddles. What? Well, I want it to be fun. So many dogs don't want to go out in the rain, don't want to go out and pee in the rain, that whenever we have service dogs, I want them to go out and work in the rain. I want them to go out and play in the rain. I don't want them to get hurt, but I want them to go out and be comfortable working in the rain. So, uh, so you know, we walk through puddles, and we go to stand in line, and we stop, and he's, he just sits and looks at me. He had the best focus the entire trip. I was so impressed. It's like he actually lives with a professional <laughs> dog trainer. Come here. Let's show them how big you've gone. Here's Django this week. He says, hey, guys. I am big and I am barky. What? Um, so this is him. Um, so we, oh my gosh, and he snuggles. So we went through the line and we had to go through, you don't go through the turnstile. Um, there's the handicap door that you go through with the service dog. So we went through there and, uh, you know, waited for everyone to finish off and decided that we would go over to, because it's right as you go in there, it's like the first one on your right-hand side. So we go over to the Dr. Seuss area and depending on which rides to go on. And again, we did a potty break. Again, he didn't go potty, um, but we figured we'd go on the carousel or as they call it, the Suso cell. So that, okay, that would be a good one for a puppy. So we walked over and uh, they they go to let us on. And it was the same girl that we had met up with like a month ago. And she was fantastic. She is the um, the manager over in that area. And she is so nice. So, uh, you know, we, they put us in um, one of the carriages on the carousel. So Rich went up and down and then Karen and Holstein and me and Django, um, we we went in the in the seat, you know, for the people who don't want to go up and down. And he laid down, <coughs> put his head on the railing to watch a little bit, and then he he chewed his foot and then he fell asleep. Okay, and they had told us because again it was rainy, you know, there weren't lines, there wasn't any wait. He said, if you guys want to do this the second time, just stay in your seats whenever we're done. And so I don't know, you know, well let's see how he does this time, and if he does good, you know, we'll do a second time. So he did. He fell asleep. So we did a second time and he didn't care. Holstein didn't care. You know, Holstein was a great big brother to him. So, so we did that. And then the rain was coming down really bad. So we sat and we just talked for a bit and it lightened up and we tried another potty break, did some training, just really short, worked on finding the heel position and then uh, decided to walk on out. So it was raining and then it lightened up and then it was done. So again, he got to go, he got to walk from the Seuss area. I didn't carry him at all. Whereas Gypsy's first one, I carried her constantly. He's too big for me to carry all over the place. He's a chunk. So uh, so we left and uh, Rich went and got the, you know, told the valet and they had parked us like right there. So it was really convenient. Um, but he did great. Django did amazing. Um, he loaded up. He parked maybe once or twice and he fell asleep. And Django slept the whole ride home. Rich slept about half the ride home. I drove. Um, but slept until about five minutes from the house and Django woke up and started barking. And I'm like, just cause I know he hadn't gone to the bathroom the whole trip. So I'm like, just hold on. Like we are almost home. Just please hold it. Just please, just please wait. And, uh, and we got home and let him out and he came into the dog yard area and he peed and peed and peed and peed. So yay. Um, so I was really glad about that. And, uh, and, and he did just absolutely amazing. So he was tired 
what time did we leave? Um, I think around 11.45, I think, is when we got there. Um, so stop it. No air humping, Gypsy. It's gross. You don't need to do that. You're 11 weeks old. That's disgusting. Um, so 11.45, we got there. So about 10.45, 11 o'clock, we left here. Yeah, because we stopped. So about 10.45, we left here. Um, and we got home... I want to say around four o'clock. So, you know, like we were gone for a good, good part of the day. So yeah, so he got to eat and drink and he came home and, and, and then he slept some more. Um, but he was, he was excellent yesterday. And like I said, that really was only his third outing with us. I mean, we did Walmart where we just stayed in the front. We did comic book store. where We just stayed outside. Um, so going into the restaurant was his first time in a building type of thing. Really? Besides Walmart. But he did so, so, so very good. I was so very pleased with him. It could not have gone better. And Karen was there. Your cutest, most amazing pup was glad to meet him. Right? He's going to, I just, I'm amazed at how fantastic he went. Because we've taken dogs that we've been working on longer who don't do as well. So that's two where that genetic shows. Um, so today I told you we went into Walmart to pick up. Well, we get there and Luke gives, I'm driving. So Luke gives him to me so he can pop out and open up the back to, you know, help load the groceries in. And he sees the woman coming with the, the trolley behind her. I said, knock it off. And so we got, like, he, uh, she comes up to the window to tell me that they ha- they didn't have something in. And, uh, and then he's all fine. Now that he sees that she's a person, he's like, he's all fine. He's like, hey, girl, do you want to pat me? So, uh, so I said, you know, if you want to say hi to him. So she, you know, she pat on him and said how cute he was. And then he just loved her. So, you know, there's going to be times like that, guys, where your dog is going to see something and he's not sure about, and he might react with a, and it's how you're going to handle that. So if I'm like, oh my God, he's the worst. I'm never going to take him out in public again. He's not going to learn from it. But if we let him confront those things, and this isn't true for every dog, but it's true for him today, you know, then he was, he was fine. And then she actually, when she finished with us, another car had pulled in. So she had like some of our stuff and some of her, that other car stuff on her trolley. So she goes over to do that and he sees that she had left him and he was looking like, but, 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 and I'm like, that's what I want. Um, not that I want him to be overly social. Who greeted him yesterday? Uh, the security guards. And I think that was it. And Karen, and Karen was so good. She was just like, nope, I'm not, you know, like I know he's working. And, uh, but you know, like it was, it was just so good. Like, I just can't get over how good it was yesterday. If you ask me like, what would be their perfect first experience with a dog at one of the theme parks, it would be yesterday with him. Even though we didn't do too much, it worked. Um, so let me know what questions you guys have. Um, I'm going to go here and then I'll tell you what, what we've been working on with them. Like behavior wise. Um, Kara says Waylon's eight and Pete in the house yesterday. Not happy, but didn't freak out on him. Yep. So he said, and if I had, if a way I have to put everything up or she gets on to them, scared to go in the crate only does two. So, um, Cindy, that's part of the problem perhaps, um, is she has too much control and being as nervous and fearful as she is, she can't. Um, it has to be <coughs> strict rules with, with your dog there. And I'm happy to talk about it if you want to schedule up a session. Um, but only on her terms for a minute or two. So, and, and because she's so unsure and uncertain, it's hard. So check us out at dreamk9.com or send me a PM. Um, Cindy, because I'd like to talk with you a little bit more, um, maybe schedule a session because that we can, we can work on getting rid of. 
Um, Carolyn says Roma flew for the first time last week, which is awesome. Um, it was a short one hour flight. She hated the ocean. <laughs> she became so stressed she would not pee for 24 hours. It was heartbreaking. She had to go to restaurants and was fine on the beach as long as we stayed away from the water. Oh, yeah, I don't go to the beach all that much. And Rich, Luke just asked, he was like, can we go to the beach? And I'm like, we can. I just, you know, like, I like to vacation at the beach. Um, but I like to vacation at Disney, too. And Disney usually wins. Uh, so we're, we're probably going to do that. Uh, and Terry says here, walking the rain will be important for candy. They don't do floors or rain. So, yeah, so we need to do that. And um, maybe we'll wait and take everybody <laughs> to everybody. It'll be fun. Uh and, and having a friend, Carolyn, too, if you have a friend there who whose dog likes the beach, having her then play together and then having the other dog go into the water will help her confidence in that grow. Hi, Jackie. Um, Karen says the cutest, most amazing couple was going to meet him. Yep. And people kept commenting about his amazing focus. He was so amazing meeting that rude German Shepherd service dog. I tried not to touch him and it was hard. So Karen, you'll be able to touch him next time you see him because we'll probably be here. Um, at least part of the time. And because, um, yeah, I don't want him to solicit pets from people when we're out, um, you know, and be like, hey, everybody. But when he's off duty, like pet him, <laughs> you know. So when people come out to the ranch uh, to drop off their dog or for a session or for an eval or whatever, don't be surprised if I have Rich take your dog or I take your dog. And I'm like, here you go. And you get to say hi to Django because it's good for him to, to socialize and to meet people. But it's people that I know. It's not weirdos on the street, <laughs> you know? So, uh, so yeah. So, like, we had um, Brinley was a great day that we had dropped off on Saturday. And after we put Brinley in the crate, we went outside. Well, Django came outside to potty, and he got to say hi to all three of the women. And he loved it. He thought that was great. And then Karen had said, too, the rude German Shepherd. So, one of the potty areas behind the One Fish, Two Fish um, ride over there is you go like outside of the park area. So you go like behind, behind the curtain, right. And you can kind of see the back lot, but, but it's a really nice, like universal is like mwah, for, for potty places for the dogs. It was really nice. <coughs> so, so we go out there and, uh, the whole thing goes potty and Jenga's like, what? I don't understand what this place is for. And as we're getting ready to come back in, because like I said, there's only one exit and entrance. I can't say, well, I'll just go in the opposite way because there's just that one. There's a German shepherd waiting with a couple. And uh, he sees, so so they're standing. And here's the potty area, right? So they're standing here. Here's the potty area. So we come over here to give them access so they can get to the potty area so we can exit. So we come over here. And I had, I don't know if Karen noticed this, but I had her and Holstein go first so Django could see Holstein because Holstein isn't phased by anything and see how he handles it with the other dog there. And uh, the other dog barks at us. And the people try to make excuses. Oh, no, he's not your puppy. It's okay. That's not your puppy. Oh, come on. I know what that is. And that is a, my dog barks at other dogs, but I try to make excuses. So this is the excuse I'm making. That dog needs to go back and get some training in because that was unacceptable. Ours weren't playing. They weren't goofing around. They weren't doing anything that would make the German Shepherd say, hey, I want some of that too. <coughs> so they walked over and used the potty area and we skedaddled. Um, and Holstein, like I said, he was just like, whatever, stupid dog. And Jenga was like, okay, that's what we do is we just totally ignore them. They didn't give them two looks. And that was amazing. I was so, so, so very pleased with our dogs. 
Um, it's just because we have awesome dogs. What can I tell you guys? They're just like made that way. It has nothing to do with the hours and hours of training that we put into them. Just kidding. That's all it is about. Um, but yeah, they did comment a lot about the focus, which was super awesome. Because um, I'm like, yeah, we work on that a lot, you know, because we do. Focus is key. So even if I'm not feeling great, I'll take his food. I'll take a handful of treats. And he looks at me, he gets a click and I'll toss a treat. And he'll go to get it. And then he'll look at me again and he'll get a click and a treat. So it's something that's reinforced all the time. Um, Kristen says Erebus did really well too. So Erebus went on his first trip. What was it? Sunday, I think on Mother's Day um, to Universal. And she was a little nervous about it because it is hard being the first one. Um, but he did super. He was fine using the dog areas and he took his pee breaks. He didn't mind going inside the stores or dealing with crowds or the costume actors. We didn't see any. We wanted to get a character picture, but with the rain, no one was out. I mean, he didn't approach anyone. He laid down anytime I sat on a bench. He was perfect. And I'm so proud. Oh, Kristen, do you know how happy that makes me? Uh, we had Erebus out for boarding a few weeks ago, right when we got Django. So they played together. And, uh, and he's a German Shepherd male. And he's so sweet. And he's just so wonderful. And a lot of German Shepherds aren't. <laughs> but he is. So, so I was so, so held in, which makes me so, so very thrilled. Because I want you guys to have the best dogs out there. I want you guys to have the dogs at Universal where people are like, damn, that's a nice looking dog. And we got a lot of, oh, is that a German Shepherd? What type of dog is that? He's an 11 week old Belgian Malinois or Belgian Shepherd or just Malinois, depending. So sometimes I'll say he's a, you know, he's a Belgian Shepherd. Oh, I thought he was a Malinois. Yep, that's what it is. Or, you know, oh, he's a Malinois. Oh, what is that? Mal Malomar? Malinois? <laughs> and we got the same thing with Arrow. Um, but he's darker. An arrow, so you know, we get a lot more com comments on his coloring than what we had for Era. Oh my god, he's so cute. Um, Crystal asked, What's going on with Candy? Sorry if you already mentioned it, I just got on. No, haven't mentioned it yet. She comes in on Friday, ah! so it was Friday she could come in to Miami, or for $700 more, she could come into Orlando. I'm like, dude, I mean, for us to go down to Miami and back. Says it's about a four to five hour trip, but with traffic, it's going to be probably double that. And we're going to have to take off two days to do it, you know, a day to get down there and a day to get back just because I know, and I'm not feeling good. So I can't make that drive and I can't be here alone with the dogs with Luke because I'm not feeling good and I can't take that on, uh, you know, so, so we decided to just bite the bullet. And so she's flying in here on Friday. So what happens when they get imported is we have to go to customs, U.S. Customs, between 8 and 4 o'clock that day with her paperwork and get her cleared through customs. And then um, the, they go and they pick her up, the cargo pickup. She lands at, I want to say, 6 at night. So it takes about an hour to clear her. And so I guess they check her and everything so, like, we're not smuggling drugs in through her pooper or something. So, uh, so they... they they check her, they clear her, and then we have to go off property a little bit. I mean, it's still at the airport, but it's not at the airport, airport, you know. Um, but we go over and we pick her up there. Now, there's a place that can, and I'm telling you this in case you ever want to import a dog, because this is something I had no idea. There's a custom broker that can get all the paperwork together. 
So for that, we need an invoice, we need vaccine records, rabies, health certificate, an airway bill, and they can go and take care of that through customs. And because this is what they do, it's easier for them. And it's not like we're going to get there and they're going to say, well, we need this and I don't have it. So, so we're going to use them. Um, we're going to use this custom broker. And, uh, and he, so he's going to get there. So we just have to be there to pick up the paperwork from him before five, but we can't pick her up until seven. So we figure we'll pick her up and then, or pick up the paperwork and do whatever for two hours. You know, Rich, you know what Rich is going to say, let's go out to eat. Um, which case we're probably not bringing Django. Now here's the other thing. Comic-Con, well, Megacon is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I'm not sure when they're going to go because I was thinking they could go Friday, do the custom stuff whenever we were thinking about doing it, do the Comic-Con and then pick her up. Perfect, right? And then come home. But then I'm like, that's also a heck of a long day for them. So we'll see what happens on Friday. But she's coming Friday. So Friday night, we shall have our Doberman. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on, Crystal, with Candy. Um, now I talked, she's supposed to come into heat in June. Yep, man, all of that's well, new puppy, she's two and a half. So she's an adult. <coughs> she has her junior champion. And actually, let me see if I can find her and I'll I can uh, put a picture of her on there. Um, Candy. Here we go. Candy de Mambo Magnifico. Oh, well, that's here. I'll just send, put this up here. She already has her Instagram. Where can I post this here? Comment. So this is her Instagram with us. So I took pictures from their website. And I put it there so you guys can see what she looks like. Uh, okay, so then Cindy says submissive P. She does that most of the time. Yeah. So have her vet checked, Cindy, to make sure that it's all good. Um, she might need some Crowin if she has, um, if she was spayed early, sometimes they have pee issues. Um, and that's what they use a lot for it. But um, it's a pain, but it's doable because you don't want her living that fearful. It's not fun. Um, and then Carolyn says the Outer Banks. So the water was really cold and rough. She plans to introduce her to the local lake this summer, no waves and warmer. And I think that will help also. I think so, most definitely. And that would be fun. And Kristen says they're going to Megacon. They're vending and Erebus is coming too. Oh, that's the event that we're supposed to get them for. You didn't tell me it was Megacon. Ah! Um, so if you're going, come say hi. Well, it's probably going to be Rich and Luke going because I'm still not at 100% yet. Um, but we'll see. But yeah, I'll definitely tell him to stop by and see you guys. Uh, and that's, so uh, he's, how old is Erebus now? I think he's like three weeks older than Django. So Django's 11. So what's he about 14 weeks old? What do you have? Oh, he has a stick. <coughs> so yeah, so we're, we're, they're going to go there. Um, like I said, it's just a matter of when we can go based on everything. And, you know, it's like people start going here and they are in there. And like I said, I'm not feeling fantastic, so I'm fine just taking naps at home. And that was really cute yesterday when we got back. Um, take a nap. And I was going to let him run in and out for a little bit. Well, he he came over and put his little paws up on the bed, and he wanted up on the bed. So I lifted him up, and I told him. And then Gypsy jumped up on the bed, which she's just started to do because she hasn't been able to jump up on the bed before. Um, so I told him, I said, if you lie down and you're good, you can nap up here, but if you squirm to get off, because I don't want him jumping off and hurting himself. I said, if you squirm to get off, you're going in your crate. And he lay down mm -hmm. and he fell asleep. 
and he oh my gosh it was so cute and then he he kind of rolled over between the the end of the mattress and the footboard and he was like what so i pulled him out of there and then i snuggled with him and he just he slept and then this morning um they get up around 6 30 in the morning and he uh he goes outside and they play and everything else. So around 7 30, 8 o'clock, he was tired. So he came up and he did the little pause up again. And uh he did his little pause up and I lifted him up and he fell asleep with me. And so I put covers on him and I snuggled with him. And we slept for about a, a half hour together. So he likes to go sleep. He's in the bed. Um and Arrow did that. Arrow would jump up in bed and then he'd crawl up and put his head on a pillow like a person. So I just love that. Uh okay, so I'm in love. Thank you, Manol Manuela. And Crystal says, Candy's beautiful. Thank you. Um, Maddie's on. Hey, Maddie. Um, Maddie, how is um, Venom doing? Um, and he's 13 weeks. Okay, Erebus will be 14 weeks on Saturday. Okay, so his birthday's on Sunday. He'll be 12 weeks. So they're only two weeks apart in age. Um, what type is he? Django's a Belgian Shepherd or a Malinois? Uh, he's not what I ever recommend for service dogs, but... We had Arrow, and I just, I adored Arrow, and I had said, you know, I'm not getting another one because they bite so much, and they have such drive that you really have to train them out of drive, and then when they go in drive, it's, it's sharper and faster and better. But I've also noticed a lot of times with Arrow, like, you tell him something, shove something two or three times, and he's like, dude, I've got it. I'm like, no, that was just the first time. He goes, no, I've got it. Like, I, I've got this. <coughs> so... So, yeah, so I was like, I'm not getting another Malinois. We're getting older. You know, he was only six, Era was when he died. So I'm like, you know, in six more years, whatever he's 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 gone, like, we're not going to want to have a Malinois. But that's one of the reasons why we went with Ivan Balabanoff in Plant City is he breeds world champion Malinois. And I was hoping he would pick the right dog for me, and he did. So Ivan has experience. Um, he used to work for one of the service dog organizations. I want to say it's the Guide Dogs. Um, he's been breeding, I think since the eighties, he's been, you know, competing, he's been in dogs. Like this is what he does. It's not a hobby. It's his life. So I figured he'd be able to pick the right dog for me. And while most people don't want the dog. So what I told him is I wanted a golden retriever and a Malinois body. And, you know, some breeders would have been turned off by that. And, um, most people who go to him for a dog, <coughs> are looking for, you know, I want the most drivey one you've got. I want the one who's going to do good in personal protection. I want the one who's going to do good in shits and an IPO. And I want this, I want that. And I want the calm one that no one else wants. Right. But I want him to be super social. I want him to be super duper awesome. And, and it's what we got. Like just seeing him at universal. And we've had a couple other Malinois come through, not for service dog, just for normal training. And they were, <sighs> pains like pains in the bum i'll say that rich says I, I sometimes use naughty naughty cuss cuss words that i shouldn't use so i'm trying to think of a nice way to put it but they're just they're pains in the patootie and they have such a drive and it's not channeled the right way and it's hard it's hard on them and it's hard on their owners and it's hard on society and the last one that we had through i remember i'm like there's no way it was a puppy and i'm like there's no way we could have taken that dog anywhere out in public but um Jenga's really good. So yay. Uh Arabos can't go in the bed because he jumps off. Yeah. Yeah. He'll um try to he'll 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 vault off, especially if it's on to gypsy. But uh but if he gets up, one of the things is I'm like, no, I've got to put you back down. And he's like, no, I'm bulletproof. See, look what I can do. And I'm like, oh my gosh. 
Um, Chris asks, how do you correct puppy barking when you have no training tools on you? You mean like that puppy barking? So he's outside barking. I'm, I'm fine with it to a degree. I don't want him to bark just for the sake of barking. But like I'll put him in a crate. And if I leave the room to go outside to do something, he might bark. You know, so part of it's just par for the course right now because he is a puppy. Um, you don't want to correct over much, right? I don't want to like flatten him and tell him he's stupid and ugly and nobody loves him. But I don't want him to to be a pain in the rear end either. See, I'm watching my naughty, naughty cuss cuss words. I don't want to be a pain in the tukas. I want him to be a good dog. So for that, if he doesn't want me to go out of his sight and he barks right now, well, then we're going to do little bits at a time. I'm going to find out why he's doing it and address that instead of addressing punishing the bark. Um, usually what I like to do is if I have no tools on me, but it's over there, no, go up and get the tool and, and you can use it. So pet convincer, which is the air in a can, doggy don't, which sounds like a taser, um, penny can, water bottle, which I don't like doing because, you know, if you have to spray them for something in the future, they're not going to like it necessarily because, no, come here, little heathen puppy. Dirty Kleenex. Yay. <coughs> uh, so, so, you know, there's that for it, too. Um, we have another barking. But here, Venom is going through a fear thing. He barked, growled at my therapist. I was only correcting, though. Not doing the positive side, but asking for a different behavior and marking treat. But live and learn. Yeah, you can't always um, because life. Right, Maddie? Um, bark, growled. Did, was your therapist doing anything or was just sitting there? So Arrow, one time I took him to the doctor with me who did um, chiropractic adjustments as well. And he popped my neck like, and Arrow was like, mm, I totally understood that. Yes. Arrow was my service dog. Totally understood why Arrow acted that way. Like the guy just basically popped my head off. Like you could hear it. So that was totally justified in my mind. Um, so I knew if I was going for a manipulation again, not to bring arrow. Right. Um, and it's just, it, it, that's what happened. Gypsy that happens and she doesn't care. Thank you, Gypsy. Um, so yeah, so you want to correct and how you're correcting. If it's not stopping the behavior, you're only nagging. <clears throat> so if you're like, stop it, stop it, stop it with a prong collar, prong collar, you actually could be ramping them up. So you might want to do a slip lead. You might want to do an e-collar. So today, whenever we were at Walmart and he saw the, the girl coming with the trolleys and he was like, mm. I put his slip lead because that's all I had on him up as high as I could on his neck. And I did a little knock it off. And that too, I get firm. It's not, what are you doing, little puppy? You shouldn't be doing that. It's no, right? We bring out like inner gangsta voice. Uh, and then, and you also want to watch Maddie so you don't get into the habit because, you know, you asked my advice on it. I didn't like ask you how your dog's doing. Um, you don't want to get where it's bark, bark, sit, treat, bark, bark, sit, treat, bark, bark, sit, treat. You want it to be, oh my God, the best puppy ever. Um, you want it to be no bark, sit, treat too. And not everybody goes about it that way. Okay. And that's what we want is we want to it can't become that pattern of bark, bark, sit, treat. It, it, you have to catch them sometimes. For example, 
one of the things we've been kind of working on this week is he wants to chase the cats. We have two cats, um, Samurai, who's a Siamese, who looks a little like him coloring wise, and Ninja, who's all black. And now Ninja is a whacker and Samurai's a scamperer. So usually they leave Ninja alone because he'll just whack at them. Well, he decides he wants to bark at them or chase them or park her over the furniture to get them. Well, that can't happen. So we were in the dog room today and he sees the cat. And as soon as he saw the cat, I clicked. The clicker's loaded with Jenga. He heard that click and I hadn't found a breakfast at this point. He heard the click and he whipped around to look at me. He got a treat. He ate the treat. And then he's looking around again and he sees the cat. Cause you remember there was the cat there, right? So he sees the cat click, whip back to me, get a treat. And then he got to look at the cat, click, get the treat. Look at the cat. So maybe after five, <clears throat> five-ish times of he looks at the cat, click and treat. You know what he did? He looks at the cat and then he looked at the treats. That works for me. That made me very happy. He's commonly looks at the cat and he looks at the treats and he gets a treat. Bonus, right? That's exactly what you want. So I like that a lot. Um, so you think on that too, Maddie, um, with him. Now they, they do go through fear periods. I hate to label things like, oh, it's a fear period right now because you still have to work through it a little bit or the fear period might become life. And we don't want that to happen. Um, so Nisa's Jenga's pretty awesome for police work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Era, we did bite stuff, but it was only ever in fun, just like Tug. Um, it wasn't a um, ever in defense. So, like, it was never go bite the bad guy. It was always like, look at this toy, do you want it? So that was always good. Okay. Uh, try to post videos. Yeah, please do, Maddie. That'd be good. How do I correct barking at other dogs and people? Well, it depends on, again, why. We want to look at why is he barking at other dogs and people. Is it to say, hi, I want to play with you, or is it to say, I'm going to rip your throat out? Uh, and then we have to look at what you're doing training-wise, what tools you're doing, what methods you're doing, what progress you're seeing. Because if you're not seeing progress, change it up. Uh, so if he's going to see another dog, I like my stem turn walk away, my pop turn walk away. So he sees it before he could do pop, turn, not pop. Remember, it's pop. It's not hold him. It's not choke him out. Pop, turn, and walk away from that item, that object, that, hmm, I want this. And da, 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 and then turn and come back. And as soon as he keys on it again, pop, turn, walk away. If you're on e-collar, stim, turn, walk away. Because you don't want that at all service dog or pet dog. You don't want him barking at other dogs or people ever. Like, I don't care if the guy looks really sketchy or shady. That is up to me to decide. Not up to you to decide. Is that thing that's really shady? It might be like a homeless nun with a bunch of orphans. You know? Melissa says, I got my service dog prospect lab puppy on Friday at eight weeks. We're getting a late wind and freezing rainstorm today. Oh boy, we're both soaking wet. Right, but it's good for Melissa. That is that is really good, as terrible as it sounds, to be out in that type of weather now, while he's impressionable and he's like, "This is fun. I like it when it's windy and rainy, and it's just great to play outside." And that means whenever it is bad weather and you have to take him out, he's gonna be like, "I love it like this." So, and it's good and bonding-ish. So Maddie says it's dead quiet in his office, and he walks through the door, and Venom is in a corner. So next time I'm going to work on obedience in the office and bring his tug toy. Yes, that's perfect. I use the e-collar for correcting. He barks, growls, correct, asks for look, mark, and treat. 
good. My, parent, my therapist, I let him pet. So he's not scary and he's very patient with my puppy too. So I'm happy. My therapist is great. Yeah, that sounds really good. <coughs> and yeah, I love the idea too, uh, Maddie, about um, training in the office a little bit and bringing his tug toy in so it's fun. Um, also, how tired is uh, Venom whenever you go there? Because if it's in the evening, he might be tired and you know need of a nap, so a little bit cranky. Uh, he might be hungry. It might be good to feed him in the office there whenever he, the therapist comes in. Maybe the therapist can bring in the bowl of food for you for doing that. And I do like the idea, she says, of the cat and treat. I think when Venom looks at the door, click and treat because it's when he comes through that door. Yeah, does he knock at all to let you know he's coming? Like I know some doctor's offices, you know, they'll rap on their door to let you come in, let you know that they're coming in. Um, so, you know, he could do that. Or he could even, instead of rapping, maybe say, you know, Maddie, I'm coming in, or hey, Venom, here I come, and that could give you, just trying to brainstorm off the top of my head while I'm sitting here. Otherwise, he does great. I think he just feels trapped. Yeah, yeah, he very well could be. I mean, that can be a, um, no, he doesn't knock. Have him just, just knock a little bit on the door, so then you can say, come in, and then you're giving him permission to come in, right? And then Venom will be like, oh, okay, mom said that's okay. Because honestly, Maddie, if somebody just walked into your home, like it's a little different here because we have people coming and going quite a bit, but like for normal people, if they would just walk into your home, you kind of want him to bark and let you know something weird. I just walked into the house, walked into the room with you, you know? Um, so, so you can try that. That's what I would, I would do is have him knock and bring the food in if he would and see how that goes or him knock and come in and you, you feed him. Unless he has to poop right afterwards and then don't, don't feed him there. Maybe give him a couple treats. Kristen says, Erebos barks when I'm filing my nails or putting on makeup. Makeup, that is so funny. Oh, my gosh. I think he wants to be beautiful too, Kristen. So <laughs> if you're going to do your nails, you should do his nails. And then you guys can do like pedicure time together. I love it. I really do. Um, here's you want to know Django's fun one is... I would go to the bathroom and he would grab my shorts or my underwear and play tug of war with them while they're like around my knees and ankles. And I'm like, no, you can't do this. So what we did is we took a clicker and treats. I took a clicker and treats into the bathroom. So when he comes in, we work on stuff, right? I ran out of treats. This was actually my dead bag of treats. We finished it up today, but what sit down, touch, whatever, you know, but just work on stuff. And so now whenever he, I go into the bathroom, he follows me in and he'll sit on one of the area rugs and he'll look at me like, what are we going to work on today? Instead of I'm going to grab your, your shorts and tug on them. So, um, so you can try to do that while you're filing your nails, maybe get some treats there, click toss treats, file nails. Whenever he's done it, he looks at you, click right away, toss treat. Fought here. I got my nail file right here. Right. So even fake, like I'm not really filing my nails right now. Right. But file, file, file. He looks, click, treat, file, file, click, treat, click, treat, right? Just so he sees that this means good things happen. Now, you don't want it to always mean good things happen or you're never going to get your nails done, but you also don't want him barking. So that's two where I'm saying, like, I don't want you guys to just say, you know, Erebus, I'm going to chuck a, a brush at you because you're barking. I want it to be like, okay, how can we help him out with this and work it from there? Um. Carolyn says, Romeo and Roma have started to bark at people when they're outside and people with dogs are walking down the street. It's obnoxious. I hate to ban them from playing in the yard, but they ignore me when I call them unless they're, until they're done barking. So Carolyn, I would do one at a time for right now. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Um, I would do one at a time outside with e-collar on. And whenever you're good with each of them with the e-collar on outside and then they come to you, remember you want to use a level to get them to pay attention. Um, then you can do both of them together outside. Okay. And if it's something that, have you been using e-collar with them for this situation? Because that's perfect situation for it, by the way. Um, if not, not the same thing, but one of my goats was being a jerk when we brought the other males over. Timmy, our buck, he was just being an uber jerk and they don't like water. So I waited for him to run by and I sprayed him with the hose. <laughs> and then I just finally got to the store and picked up two spray bottles for when we go out with the goats because if they're jerks, they get spray bottle of water. And I don't want glass bottles because if it breaks, I don't want glass all over the field. So I needed to get these plastic ones as much as I don't like buying plastic bottles. Um, so yeah, that that's one of those is how much is enough? So somebody asked me, um, how much barking do I let my dogs get away with? And I said, well, Zoe barks at the UPS truck and the FedEx truck. And I'm okay with that. She'll bark sometimes when people come, you know, up to the fence too. And I'm, again, I'm okay with it. She's 14 or 13. I'm fine with it. Rue doesn't really bark that much. Gypsy has started barking whenever her friends come over to play with her. And it's like, it's clients who have come over multiple times. It's like, it's her friends who, whatever they're over, they play too. So she gets so excited. She like barks, screams because she's just, she's so happy. But she doesn't only does it whenever they're coming over to play. So like if we meet up with Holstein and Karen at the park, she's not going to do it there because it's not here. Does that make sense? So for that, I'm fine with it because it's, I think it's cute that she's so excited that her friends are coming over. You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Gypsy. Um, but that's about it for what I allow for that. I mean, their dogs are going to bark. So for that, it's a no, knock it off, shut up. Um, Django, as you heard, he's a little more barky. He's a puppy. I mean, as long as it's not terrible, he's not barking whenever like people walk by. He's not barking. Well, I don't have people who walk by. <laughs> so your answer, Carolyn, can be moved to the booties where people don't walk by. <laughs> Uh, Crystal asked, should I let a lot of people pet Sable while she's young? So I don't. Um, I don't teach them. I don't have them pet vested. For example, whenever he was at Universal yesterday, um, Rich and I pet him. I let him say hi. And I asked him, I said, do you want to say hi? Because that's how I do it with the uh, security guards and with Karen. And that was it. I mean, really, if um, if the employees ask, I'll say yes, depending at this point, because I don't mind at this point. Uh, when he hits about six months, I want that focus to all go to me until unless he's not working. Um, I don't want him to be a looky-loo. I'm going to looky-looky-looky at everything. I want him to be focused. Um, but it's, it's different with each dog. So if you have a dog you want to make sure is great, you know, you might want to do it a little bit here and there, but it's not every person he sees he gets pet by. It's he sees somebody, if he's all excited and he thinks he's going to get pets, he doesn't get pets. If he's good and calm and paying attention and focused on you, his reward could be pets from you and then going to greet somebody else. But if it's something he anticipates, oh, hell no. Heck no. That's not going to happen. Uh, Maddie says, I'll let you know. I think it's a good idea. And yeah, totally a paranoia. And I want to teach him to search the house. And thank you so much for your help. You rock. Thank you, Maddie. Um, Crystal says, because my other washed out, had a fear of unknown people. And I don't want Sable to have the same problem. Yep. I totally understand where you're coming from. So, and because he was a little bit like, hmm, 
with people, um, Django is, that's one of the reasons why I'm like, you know, you can pet him because his breed can be a little bit standoffish and I don't want him to be. So my golden, it was a different story. So my golden was very, I love people. She's still very much, I love people, right? So for that, no, it's just me. For him, who's like, I love people, but I love you too. I'm like, well, I still want you to love people because I don't want people to be intimidated by you being a Belgian shepherd, Malinois. So I'm going to have some people come up and say, how do you, but not everybody. And that is the biggest key that I can scream from the rooftop is don't let everybody pet your dog because people are crazy and you want to make sure it's the right person. So if you're talking and they're like normal, good people, then you can pet your dog. But if your dog goes to jump up on them, no. If your dog goes to bite their fingers, no. Your dog should be able to hold a sit or a stand, not jump on them, not paw at them and get pet. So even there, you're teaching responsibility, right? You're teaching how to be a good dog. Melissa said she read a very good article on habituation versus socialization. Was curious if you're going to eventually be flying, being around the loud noises, et cetera. Do you think introducing a puppy to audio recordings of the noises is a good start? Or do you think most dogs are able to distinguish the difference? Melissa, you've got two options. Do it or don't do it, right? I mean, if you think about it, is it going to hurt anything to play YouTube videos of flights taking off and firecrackers going off and gunshots? It's not going to hurt anything, right? It's not at all. If I do that at mealtime, that's going to work out really well. And I don't really have to do anything. It's just they pair up automatically. If, um, if I'm watching Game of Thrones and Daenerys decides she's going to fire dragon and burn everything and there's going to be screaming and noises and everything else that might be something good to turn up a little louder for them so they can hear that if i do it and nothing happens at least i tried if i don't do it nothing's gonna happen you know what i mean so i say do it and see how it goes it's one of those also um because we talk about the difference between habituation and socialization because i think it's huge uh people with human babies will do this a lot so make sure I tell people with dog babies to make sure you still do it. People with human babies won't run the vacuum cleaner there on the dishwasher or the washer or the dryer when the baby's sleeping. They keep the house as quiet as can be. They turn off ringers on the phone. They keep the TV really low. Baloney. The kid has to learn to sleep through everything. They have to. The dog has to learn to sleep through everything, which is why Jenga was right here at my side by my feet sleeping. And I'm still having the, the webinar and I'm still talking loudly as loud as I can talk right now because of my voice. Because I want him to not care if things are going on that's crazy. Uh, Carolyn says she tried to e-collar with Romeo. Click treat. Click treat. He just freaked. I haven't tried it with Roma. We did both of them with e-collar when we had them, Carolyn. So you can look at the online course, Carolyn, the dream dog side of it. Week four is when we talk about it. And week five is when we actually introduce it. So it's the dream dog course, week four and five. And do that with them because they'll both probably need a bit of a refresher on it. If you want to wait and do Romeo when we get Roma when we get her next month, <coughs> that's fine because um, that would give you the time to work with Romeo as well. Okay. Um, Cindy says, "How do you correct jumping up when entering the house? Uh, continue walking past." Them. What? Your, your dog comes off and is jumping on you. Now, what happens a lot of time when a dog jumps on somebody is the person walks backward. And the dog jumps up and they get rewarded with the pets, right? Because it's space. It's who has it, who wants it, and how can they get it? So what can you do instead is you take that space away from them. So if a dog's jumping up on me, I'm going to walk right into them. I'm going to maybe hip bump them, right? I don't usually knee a dog in the chest. 
you can if you want to. I, I like a hip bump better. If the dog doesn't like something, if the dog doesn't like the condensed, the compressed air or the doggy don't or whatever, I might have one of those sitting right outside. So I grab that coming in. If I know the dog's on e-collar, I'm going to walk in with his remote or I'm going to be sitting in there while somebody walks in and, and get him for that. I, you don't want that. If you don't want it, you don't want it. Now, Rue gives hugs. They're very gentle hugs. So Gypsy started jumping up on people, which means next time people come over, she's on e-collar because I don't want that to happen. Um, it's annoying. Um, but some things, you know, like if, if it's you and you're the only one your dog jumps on and you don't care, then it's not an issue. If it's something that, you know, your 90-year-old grandmother comes over and she can't get jumped on or your three-year-old nephew comes over and he can't get jumped on, well, then nobody. You know, you don't want that to happen at all. So Crystal said, give me one second. She says, my other dog too. He completely shut down and dropped to the floor. I did it with my puppy and she was fine. Um, because of the fear of the unknown people. Even if he freaks out, even if he sees that he freaks out and runs to hide. Crystal, what are we talking about? What, what do they see and freak out and try to hide? Um, Maddie says my friend who's experienced in this offer to do some noise desensitization to gunshots on their property. Um, should I do it? It's up to you. Um, so we can shoot guns on our property. We usually don't. We could also take them to the gun range. I mean, my service dogs, I can take to the gun range. I don't. Even whenever we were in Gainesville, we were members of the gun club. I didn't take the dog with me. Because I'm like, it's loud for me, even with the hearing protection on. I don't want my dog exposed to that. If I had the, the mutt muffs, it might be a different story. Um, but, you know, if you want to, Maddie, go for it. What I would start with is, like, if, if they're shooting off over here, maybe you're, like, out on the road. You know, get far enough away um, and see how your dog reacts. Don't stand there with the gun and the dog and see what happens right? Start far enough away. See how your dog is. Move closer. See how your dog is. Okay. We were talking about e-collar. He completely shut down and dropped to the floor. He did it with, what brand crystal do you use? What brand of e-collar? If he sees it, he freaks out, run to hide. <coughs> Cindy says, great. Thank you. You are welcome. Let me know how these things work for you guys too. So um, a lot of times the e-collar brand makes a big difference, but it's not just the brand. It's how you use it. So you can get the best e-collar in the world, which is the Martin Systems Chameleon and not know what you're doing, and it becomes an expensive paperweight, right? Or you screw up your dog with it. And it can happen. It can totally happen, guys, and I don't want it to happen to you. So that's why he started using e-collar about a week ago. Um, Django did. And we're just basically working on this stuff from last week and extending out with it. But, for example, I had him on e-collar in the car, and he is barking and barking and barking. So I tap, 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 tap. And he's not doing, it's, it's, he's so far gone that it didn't make a difference. So there was no sense correcting him for barking in the car because he wasn't feeling it. And I want the e-collar to be fun. So um, Crystal, what number do you use on it? Whenever you were using it, do you remember? Because again, it's more the technique than the equipment. So if the dog freaks out and doesn't like it, guess how that dog's going to be eating dinner. Yeah, e-collar technology. Yep. Um, guess how the dog's going to be eating dinner? He's going to be eating dinner with the e-collar right there or with me holding the e-collar. Um, I had a slip lead. I don't know where it is. For Django. And that's actually how we finished off the treats. Because I, I went to go put it on him and he's running away from me. And I'm like, oh, heck no. 
See, no more naughty, naughty couscous. Um, oh, heck no. So I held the, the slip lead open and I had a, a treat right there. So Django had to put his head through a break and he got the treat. After about three times, he was happy to put his head through to get a treat. So that's something that didn't fix it in one session, but it will in time. So, you know, whenever he wants to put his head through, he's going to get a, a break and a treat. And I'm going to have a dog who loves to have his collar put on because he knows that it means super fun things are happening. It doesn't mean, uh, crap, now I can't chase kitties anymore. It means it's super fun. Um, Catherine says, is there a way to desensitize to cyclists if a dog can hear them before they even appear with heavy traffic? Um, what I would do would be go to where they're cyclists. Again, that's where he's going to eat. If he doesn't want to eat, he doesn't eat until next time. Don't go home and feed him. Take him there two or three times a day if you want to. Um, and as they ride by, you can put the food bowl down. You can toss food down if you want to. Toss treats down if you want to. He doesn't want to eat. He wants to. Nope. You can pack it up and leave, and he doesn't get the food. Next time you go back there, see how he does. Um they can hear them before they even appear, even with heavy traffic, which is difficult because you don't know when they're coming or not, which is why you have to go to a spot and just wait them out. So if they're going back and forth on the road, maybe you're on the side road here watching them. You know, they're going around this park or this trail. You're right here watching. Uh, and you're just, you're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then it happens. And if he's good, he can get the filet mignon treats. You know, if he's, I mean, that's the good doggy treats. Uh, you know, or whatever he finds the best. Or maybe you're playing ball with him. Uh, we had a dog in last fall. We had Thumper in, and Thumper had an issue with bicyclists. So Rich got his bicycle out, and we worked the dog while Rich was riding his bicycle around. You know, you could try something like that. If there's a neighborhood kid who has a bike, ask him if he can help you train the dog and just ride back and forth here while you work with the dog. And a lot of times it's a combination of the desensitization and the stopping it. Uh, you know, you want them to get it and see it. And then also it might not just be cyclists. It might be anything with wheels. Ah, so fun unicycles now. I'm kidding about the unicycles, but you can maybe try wheelchairs too and see if he's okay with wheelchairs. Um, and strollers and carts, pet friendly stores have carts. And Crystal said she was on level four. He's very fluffy, click treat. Okay. So if you've only done it on level four, sometimes the vibrate can be scarier. So level four should be fun on most dogs. If you want to go down to a level three, that's fine. And click treat. Yeah, so you want to do the tap the button and treat, tap, treat, tap, treat. And you want to keep it fun. So here's what happens a lot of times whenever the people get their collars out for their dog. I'm sorry I have to do this, buddy. But you just, you're not behaving. I feel so bad I have to do this. That's wrong. You know what the right answer is? Look at this. This is the best thing in the world. And with this on, we can go outside and play and have so much fun. You want it on, buddy? Oh, you know? Cuddle up. It's okay. And if you have a second dog who likes the e-collar or likes any collar or a friend's dog who does, use that to your advantage. Look what I got for you. Guess what? Pretty soon you guys would be like, yeah, I want that. I love that. What is it? I don't know, but I want it so bad. And that's what you want. So a lot of times that's what it is. Um, you did vibration once. He freaked out. And after that, it completely ruined his experience. and I can't put it on him. So part of that, Crystal, because I hear this from a couple of different types of people, um, not just you, um, 
one time did not completely ruin his experience. So my sister, when she was learning to drive, me when I was learning to drive, my brother when he was learning, you know, everyone gets into some sort of car accident, right? I was supposed to hit the brake and I hit the gas and I, in front of the garage. No damage, but I was shooken up and I didn't want to drive after that. You know what? My mom's like, shut up, put it in reverse and just lightly touch the gas, right? And it gets you over that. My sister, when she was driving, she, we were up in Wisconsin, she went to miss a deer and ended up smashing, totaling the car in the woods. The tow truck had a heck of a time getting that car out of the woods because we had no idea how she, how she had turned and missed all these things while she was in just fear or fear stricken panic mode. Right. And if it would have been, it's okay. It's okay. You never have to drive again. That was just bad. That was just bad. You never, ever have to drive again. It's okay. That, that driving is just so bad. And it's so scary. No, nobody does that. Everybody says tonight, you know what? Don't care. Do it anyway. So, so Crystal, part of it, and it sounds really mean, and that's why it's better whenever I say it in person, but um, one time didn't completely ruin. If you can't put it on him, it's because of the emotions, and again, I hate saying this because it sounds really mean, it's the emotions that you're carrying inside. For example, you guys know um, we do pet dogs as well, and we have one dog in here who's human aggressive and food aggressive, Taylor. And she comes in. And her owner comes in with this really sad story about how she was a former bait dog and how she was abused. And I don't care. It sounds, again, it sounds so mean, but I don't live in the past with the dogs. I look at the dog I have in front of me and I look at where I can go with that dog. And while I can't make any guarantees that I can get your dog here, I can get your dog a lot better than where he is at drop off, right? But so many owners are, are tied in the past. Oh, well, he was abused by a man. Oh, he was a former bait dog. I don't care. That doesn't help me do anything with him. I can understand where the dog was at, but I have to see where the dog is at right this second, and you're not allowing him to move forward. Not necessarily you, Crystal, but I see it a lot with people. They get so hung up on the dog's backstory. Like, um, let's see. Oh, I've got a good one. Got Gypsy here when she was a puppy. She was eight weeks old. I think it was the first night, second day maybe, it was within 24 hours of her being at the house here. One of the dogs nipped at her and her ears bleeding. And I'm feeling like the worst owner in the world because I just brought this beautiful eight week old fluff ball of a golden retriever puppy in who was the most expensive dog I've ever bought until candy. And she's bitten on the ear and she's bleeding. Crap. What do you do now? Tell her to suck it up and get over it. Check it. It was fine. You know, there was no gashes. There's nothing. Got her back playing with the dogs. She was fine about it. She loves playing with dogs. It's her favorite thing in the world. Now, I could have held on to that for life, right? Well, you don't have to play with other dogs. You might get bit in the ear again. I don't want you to get a bit in the ear again. You might be a show dog. You have to be a good service dog. With and, and, and no, 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 you have to let it go on. Um, parents, when the kid skins his knee at the playground, oh, my God, okay, don't, you don't ever have to play again. No, it's suck it up, buttercup, and go play again. Get off the floor, get up, climb the slide, and come on back down. And, and people don't, so we can do a private session if you want to. You can schedule it through the Dream K9 website. Um, and I can walk you through it if you live quasi-locally. Let's do it as a private session. But I bet you money I can get your dog over that, <laughs> um, especially in person. 
Uh, Kathy says with Chloe, and you know Chloe, we said when something's noisy is passing by with E. coli on a four to five, and I say, good girl, and let's go. When it comes by, and she's doing very well. Good. Kathy has done so much with Chloe and with Jada. I mean, Kathy is going to be an honorary dog trainer in, <laughs> in a few years. She is amazing, and the girls have come so far because of her. I'm so, so happy that she's one of mine. <laughs> Oh, and hers wag her tails and come and sit and get the get it put on. Yeah. So like I said, I see it a lot with people. And it's two things. It's that they won't let go of the past or when they're doing it, they feel bad. So Crystal, how is your dog when you put a normal collar on your dog? Does your dog care? So why should an e-collar be any different? Right? So if you can put, and if your dog's, oh, my dog doesn't like a normal collar put on, well, then you can't blame it on the e-collar. You have to blame it on your dog isn't comfortable with having things put on his neck. So we have Ollie, the cutest little seven-pound poodle. And you don't see a lot of pictures because he's a black poodle. So he just looks like black. <laughs> but he's super cute. He didn't like to have stuff put on his neck. So, you know, what we do is we, we can bridge him too. Ollie, I need to put this on your neck. If I can put this on your neck, you can go outside and play. Okay? So, good, 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 good. It's done. And you want to set it up so it's super easy to get on and off. If it's going to take you five minutes to put on because you're fumbling for where the hole goes and everything else, you're not going to be successful. If you do it where it's a quick slip on in the beginning, that works. And e-collars have it's a strap with an elastic loop with two bunny ears. And you put it on them and you pull out the bunny ears, right? And it tightens up and you put the little thing down and it's on. You don't have to look for that little hole each time. So I highly recommend those. If you have multiple dogs, get the quick snap bungee collar from eCollar Technologies. Those are the two best collar straps ever. And that's what we upgrade our dogs to. So I'll put it on them and um, put it on them, put it on. Now, if they're going to play together, if it's two dogs, you don't want to have that one. You want to have the quick snap bungee. So you might look and say like, okay, it's, it's right here. And then you just use quick snap to take it on and off. After that first time. But if they don't they don't know the difference, they don't know that this one with the box on it's the e-collar, unless you tell them that because when you put it on them, you can hold it so the, the box is hidden by your hand. Here you go. It's on. Um Maddie says, and Kathy, didn't yours have a problem with them at one time or no? <coughs> Uh, Maddie says, I'm sorry for all the questions tonight. Is there a way to build more food dry? Venom will take treats, but toys are high value to him. So I want to use good mostly than food mostly than toys when working. I agree with you. It's a lot easier to use food. Um, Venom being a lab, he should have a pretty healthy appetite. Does he work for all of his food? Because if he works for all of his food, that's a good way to build up food drive. Now, believe it or not, when we got Gypsy, she didn't want to work and eat. She was just like, I'm not hungry. I can go without. They can't go very long without. So the only way Venom is going to eat is if he works for it. And you can do the clicker stuff, right? Sit, click, treat. Touch, click, treat. Whatever you're working on. Weave through my legs, click, treat. Everything is going to come quick, treat. But you don't have to do one at a time. Mm -mm. Do a small handful at a time and feed out of my hand or toss on the ground and he can get them. <coughs> and when you're done with your training session, your training session and food should be done in about five to seven minutes. Yeah, like five minutes, guys. If So, well, but I'm like, I don't know what to work on this training session. You know what you're going to do is you're going to have a list of them up on the wall written on index cards so you can just glance at it and do it ah, right that's what you want to do so then you can say okay today we're going to work on these three commands these five commands these whatever commands right these three that are good and these two that we're working on 
and this one that he really knows. That's what we're going to work on tonight. So you can work on that. So it's real quick. So you're not thinking, what's next? What's next? What's next? You're like, okay, bam, that, bam, that, bam, that. Now, I find if I don't use my index cards, I don't know what the hell to work on, heck to work on. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to do tonight. Um, sit and touch, look, you know, but there's always better ways to do that. So that, and then whenever you're done, say you're hitting the five minute mark, say he's starting to, to flag a little bit with, uh, I'm good. Click the whole rest of the food bowl. You know, have him do something for it. But Maddie, I think if you do that and just have him work for everything, then he will, he, he should be good with it and it should be able to build up that food drive. So one of the things, the Nipopo way, the Bart Bell and Nipopo way is don't be a cheerleader. Don't be like, wah, 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 sis, boom, bah, boom, chicky, boom, chicky, right? Don't do that. Instead, you want to do where you do as least amount of work as possible. Like who doesn't want to do it that way? So instead it's going to be, you know, sit, click treat. It's not going to be sit this way, put your back down. It's going to be like, I'll wait you out. I've got patience. Oh, what's that? You don't want to work for me? Oh, buddy, I'm sorry. You're going in your crate. Maybe tomorrow, you know, maybe in two hours if you're like, but I can't, I can't, I can't just no free food. No free food. And it's a great way to build up food drive. Really honest to God is. Um, and I love it. It's the best, Maddie. It's so much fun. And then your dog's in control. If your dog decides he's not hungry, okay, we'll try again next food time. I'll feed you eight, right? So if you're not going to eat at eight in the morning, we'll try again tonight. I mean, I'll still take you out on walks. I'll still take you out and play. I'll still take you out on potty breaks, but I'm not going to work you until you're ready for it. Eight at night. He's still on food strike. Okay. Eight the next morning. He's a little hungry, but he's not full there yet. So maybe we'll do just like two things and that's it. And then, you know, eight at night, he's like, for the love of God, feed me. Hunger is real. Hunger pains. And you're like, mm-hmm. <coughs> Mine were always good, Kathy says, but Jada doesn't need it all the time. Just went snarky. And tie around a bandana around her neck to fool her. That's awesome, Kathy. Uh, and Crystal says, that's how my puppy is. He hates having his collar touch, but he wags his tail and gets super excited when he sees his regular collar. There you go. So what you're going to do, Crystal, part of it is going to be telling him what you're doing. This is your collar, right? And touch the collar. This is your neck. Touch the neck. I'm going to touch you on the neck. Good, 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 good. I'm going to touch you on the collar. Good, 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 good. I'm going to touch your ear. Good, 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 good. I'm going to touch your nose. Good, 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 good. Here's your nose. Good, good, good. Here's your nose. Good, 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 good. Touch with your nose. Good, 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 boy. Right? So use some of the bridging things. One of the things that we'll do is teach dogs shoulders and hips. And it makes, if you have to bandage anything a lot easier, if they know shoulders and hips, or if you have to reposition your dog. How you do that is this is your shoulder. Shoulder, click, treat. Shoulder, click, treat. You could, right? Shoulder, click, treat. Here's your shoulder. Push. Click, treat. Here's your shoulder. Can you give me your shoulder? Now watch. I'm going to go to halfway back. So when the dog comes back, he's going to hit it on his own. Click treat. So you're setting up, you guys know the whole clicker and dolphin thing, right? If they can train a dolphin with a clicker, then you can train a dog with a clicker. Because a dolphin weighs like a whole bunch, like 600 pounds. And a dog weighs like 60 pounds. So if you could train that, dolphins don't live in my house. I'm not going to see another dolphin whenever I go to the grocery store. Dolphin can help alert me and provide mobility support for me. 
Dolphins also donate if they don't work and they live in a small aquarium and they never have to leave the aquarium and people come to them. Dogs aren't that way. Dogs have to live in our world and in our house. Okay. But what do dolphins do? They live in an aquarium, a boring aquarium. So whenever it's time to train them, the stuff comes out. So if you're going to train them to bop something with their nose, that's going to go into the water. It's something new. The dolphin's going to check it out. He's going to get a whistle and a fish. So when you're training your dog at home, set your dog up for success. Change the size of your aquarium to set your dog up for success. So if my aquarium, if I'm going to take Django to Universal and introduce him to something new, we're probably not going to be successful. But if I introduce him to something new here in a neutral environment where I'm the most important, exciting thing in the room, right? We do that a few times and we do it in different areas here. And then we take him to Universal and ask for it. We're going to be much more successful. So we want to do the best we can do before we need it. So, yeah, he doesn't like having – it's part of it too, Crystal, is that control thing. Um, they don't want to have their collar touch, but he gets excited when he sees his regular collar. So I don't know what his regular collar looks like. I would start using, even pop the e-collar box off of the e-collar, you know, the brick off of it. Use that as his regular collar for a while and see how he does with it. And then pop it on. Like I said, you can put, as you're putting it on him, just hold the box in your hand and he won't see that it's on there. So he won't know that it's on there, except if you're like, but here's the, here's the remote, here's the thing here, it's turned on. Do that in another room, then go get him. Again, he should be crated. If he's having these issues, why isn't he crated? He needs to be. I crate dogs all the time. The fact that Django's right here, like he's been crated in there. I've been, he, it's right by my chair in, in the living room. His, his second crate, my dog has two crates, one in the bedroom, one in there, because I'm not lugging them back and forth. And uh, and that's where he hangs out with me. So he'll get some playtime, potty time, and then he goes in his crate. So right now he's just sleeping next to me because I'm doing this. I'm okay with that, but usually he is crated. Um, and my pet dog people, I tell them to crate the dog more than I crate my own dog. Because I know they're not going to. So hopefully we'll end up on the same page. Um, Melissa says, yeah, my puppy is living with our grumpy and slightly dog reactive Doberman. It's hard to stay relaxed and manage the situation because you feel bad that the little puppy's getting snarked at. But realistically, my dog doesn't need to be best buds. And my puppy doesn't need to be best buds with a lot of other dogs because he's got me. They're already night and day better together on day five. I've got a lot of friends puppy can interact with as well. So Melissa, one of the things too is do a crate and rotate. So Rue and Zoe are grumpy now. Outside, Zoe's okay, but you heard him, if you were listening earlier, he wanted to play with Zoe, so he was barking at her, and she was like, rrr, rrr. and Rue, right away. Rue does not want him coming up to him at all. Oh, my God, I've got the story to tell you guys. Are you ready? So Arrow, the, the Malinois that we had, his nick, my nickname for him was Buddy. I don't know how it started, but it was Buddy. Um, so instead of having his name be Arrow, I just called him Buddy all the time. And Rue knew it, and Rue adored Arrow, like adored him. Like Arrow hung the stars and the sun and the moon. And uh, I had Django outside, and Rue was outside with me a couple nights ago, trying to get Django to go potty. And I said, okay, because uh, I started calling him Buddy too. I'm like, okay, Buddy, Django. And Rue got the funniest look on his face, like, he's back. Where's Arrow at? He's back. And it broke my heart because Arrow's not back in five months. He died middle of December. And, and he was so excited that Arrow was back because I, I, I called Django Buddy. And so I tried to tell him, like, he's going to be 
he, you know, he's the same as Arrow. I don't want to say he's Arrow's replacement, but, you know, he's the new Arrow. So I'm hoping they get along. But Rue told him right from the get-go, I do not want you coming near me. And it worked because I shouldn't have to go after him all the time of, you know, behave, behave, leave him alone, leave him alone. So Rue is good at telling dogs to knock it off. Some dogs are like, it's all good. It's all good. (laughs) And that it's a different story. Um, But yeah, it's hard whenever you have a dog who doesn't, who's not perfect with the other dogs like Gypsy. Zoe used to be great, but she's old and crotchety. Um, Maddie says he'll scarf his skibble down. So that'll help slow him down too. Perfect. And thank you. She's got to go, but she'll post another update soon. Good. And Crystal says he feels the weight and knows what it is. So for that, then Crystal, he's just being a jerk about it. Honestly. So once he feels the weight, whenever you put it on him, you know, it has to be attached to a secondary leash and collar. So attach it to the secondary, attach that one. And bam, you're you're out of there. It's just like when we put booties on the dogs. They do the the funny walk at first, the pretty horsey prance. <coughs> if you put it on them and just sit there and wait, they're going to sit and try to tear it off and hate it. If you put it on them and walk with them immediately, they don't have time to think about it. So that's what I would do, Crystal. And like I said, I'm happy to go over this with a, a private one with you. Just got up and he just went outside to potty. I hope he woke up on his own and he just went outside. Like I love this dog. Oh my gosh. Um, because yeah, there's a lot that can be done. Um, I don't want I don't want dogs to have the the stories. The stories we all know the stories, right? It's one of my pet peeves. I think that's number six. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm done. I'm done. I need to go get some ice cream for my throat. Um, but, oh, and I made homemade pizza today, so I'm sure there's some left. I'm sure Rich and Luke haven't eaten all of it. So I'm going to go get homemade pizza for dinner and some ice cream to make my throat feel better. And I will talk to you guys next week. Um, stay tuned Friday or Saturday on here to see candy pictures and hopefully some candy videos. Uh, and, uh, I'll talk to you guys later.